Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Meta Matt Donnelly, and I say Meta Matt Donnelly because I'm not in the studio. In fact, I'm running late. And here you are. Here I am walking the door right now because I have Hondro with me. So Matt and Hondro are both here to talk to Penn, and Penn is going to start the podcast the way he usually does, preaching the love. Here he is, preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Here I am, preaching love. Walking in the door are uh, Matt Donnelly and Hondro. Walking the door and having a sit down. Put Matt at the front one for this one. They just walked in the door, expecting, you can sit on the couch there, sure, Hondro. <laughs> expecting someone of Irish descent and Spanish descent to arrive someplace on time is complete falling. <laughs> were you um, were you fucked by uh, by uh, Taylor Swift? I guess so. Yeah, uh, uh, that's where all the traffic is. Is by the 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 Allegiant Stadium area. Yeah, I guess she has a big store. Yeah, she has taken over Las Vegas. It's very strange. It's it's legit just selling T-shirts to mm-hmm. get like a a seventy dollar T-shirt. People are waiting online for like four or five hours. Yeah, not even the day of the show. They were opening. They were opening the store the day of the show. Oh, well, here's the crazy thing about Taylor Swift. Let me tell you something crazy about Taylor Swift. I'm ready. At my children's school, teachers were taking the day off <laughs> from teaching to go see Taylor Swift. She performs at night, everyone. Okay, but this was not. <laughs> this is not even um, uh, done on the down low. It's just this like, was oh. done. I get this many personal days a year. Yeah, I will not be here tomorrow, children. Yeah, because I am going to go to Taylor Swift, and I want the whole day to prepare. I, she's always been famous. She's been famous always. for a while, as long as I've been alive. As, as I long as when I was twelve, <laughs> just dying to get Taylor Swift tickets. I don't remember or don't I missed her breaking through to this unbelievable echelon that yeah. she is on now. She's good. Yeah. There's no doubt she's good. Although I will tell you, I agree with my friend Ron Gomes. Yeah. When he says that when she uses the word fuck, it seems a little strained. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does she use it often? Yes. But I mean it's it always seems like yeah. she's she's working on it. And I'm not saying yeah. That Taylor Swift does not know how to fuck. Not saying that. I'm just saying saying it seems like she's working a little hard. There is a story about uh, Mark Twain. Yeah. Real name, Samuel Clements. <laughs> who, <laughs> who, uh, who swore constantly. Yeah. He was uh, in his time famous yeah. for how much obscenity he used. Yeah. And I don't know if it was blasphemy or obscen- uh, obscenity at the time. Mm-hmm. Um I always picture him saying fuck, but it might very well, since he was an atheist, yeah. it might very well have been blasphemy at the time. Because um, be- I just read that book about the history of, um, of uh, obscenity. Oh, and, right, right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the late 19th century, uh, you wouldn't have found the words of sex and excretion as, uh, as shocking as uh, blasphemy. Uh, so goddamn would have been much stronger than fuck. Got it. So I don't know, but I do know this story, which I think is kind of cute. So Mark Twain swore all the time, and his wife was not thrilled with it. She wanted him to swear less. So her solution, brilliant as she was, was to swear as much as he did. <laughs> so his wife 
even more shocking than Mark Twain at the time, became a 19th century woman yes. swearing her lovely ass off. Oh, that's great. And after a while of this, yeah. after a while of this, Mark Twain said to her, well, dear, you know the words, but you don't know the tune. <laughs> Which is a good description. <laughs> That's haphazardly happened to my wife and I. Mm -hmm. She now curses as much as I do. Well, you know, uh, uh, who was just bringing this up? You know, Rob Pike, yeah. who at the time I met him was a scientist at Bell Labs. At the time he retired, was one of the lead scientists at Google. Uh, but, you know, worked on the Hubble. Yeah. And a brilliant man. And Lawrence O'Donnell Jr. from MSNBC and I, about a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago. Yeah maybe even a little longer. We went to see, I think, uh, Rob Pike and I, yeah, it wouldn't have been Lawrence O'Donnell because he doesn't, he has no culture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> went to see, uh, and the rest of this sentence will belie that whole thing. Went to see Slash. Okay. At uh, whatever it was, House of Blues. Or okay. Palms. Or when something. he had his own band. The his, yeah. Band, yeah. And I like Slash. Yeah. We get along very well. I enjoy Slash's company. He's always helped me out on shows. He appeared on Sin City Spectacular and so on. So Rob and I went to see that show. We're sitting up in the, Slash gave us very good seats. And Slash came out, I don't remember the exact quotation, uh -huh. but he came out and said, fuck, you fuckers, fuck, man, fuck, we're going to fuck, we're going to do a uh, fuck, this next fucking, whoa. <laughs> and Rob Pike and I looked at each other and said, do we sound like that? Is, is, is that the way we speak? And we thought about how we spoke yeah. and realized that there was obscenity, maybe not every sentence. But certainly every paragraph yeah. that we spoke. Yeah. And we were having lunch the next day with Lawrence O'Donnell. And one of us, I don't know who it was, maybe Lawrence O'Donnell, suggested that we stop swearing. And we had very firm rules on this. Very firm rules. Rule number one was no euphemisms. So if you weren't going to say shit, you couldn't say shoot. Oh. And you couldn't say darn it. And you couldn't say anything that filled in for those. Oh, wow. Okay. The other rule was no baby talk. If you're talking about fucking, you talk about fucking. So we could no longer say, fuck her, but yeah. you could say she fucked him. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. meant the actual act of intercourse. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And if you were talking about Dante's Inferno and you said they were damned to hell, that was fine. Yes. Right? Those were, those were our rules. And we found that one of the most difficult was, um, ouch. Because when we bang our toe, <laughs> all of us discovered separately that ouch was fairly fulfilling. Ouch! Ouch! We would do that. And um, we did it for like two years. It wasn't like a week. It was like two years. And we also found that it was really socially unacceptable. It made things much more intense. And I'll tell you what I mean. Instead of like jokingly saying, fuck you. Yeah. You'd say, I think that's wrong. Oh yeah. That's way worse. Way worse. And taking bullshit out of our vocabulary oh, yeah. went, you're wrong about that. And that would just stop all conversation. It was really, really heavy. 
and uh, we did it, and we got we got uh, uh, we had to argue about oh dear whether that was a short uh, short for oh dear God, and um, it was it was a big deal. Did you settle on oh dear? Seems a good seems yeah. good, but did, did settle on that still? Well, you know, I still say goodness, yeah, yeah, and oh yeah. dear, and gracious. Yeah. Those are all Left hung over, over from that from that time. But it was a really really good experience. And I think that Taylor Swift seems to be doing the opposite. <laughs> she seems to say, this song is almost done. Let's put some fuck in it. I think there's a fascinating documentary to be made that starts with Kanye West interrupting Taylor Swift's speech uh-huh. at the MTV Awards and then tracing their careers from that <laughs> moment on. Might have been a bad move. <laughs> like where, the, where they were at that moment versus well, where I they are now. Well, I got to think... Uh, just in Vegas. Yeah. Just in Vegas. Say that Taylor Swift made $10,000 for every ticket sold. She would make so much money here. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I think she does make that. Yeah, pretty close, yeah. <laughs> but she's closed down, and I will use Taylor Swift's way of talking. Yeah. The whole motherfucking city. Yes. She has. She has closed down. Uh, we no longer have a uh, a city because Taylor uh, Taylor Swift came to town. You know, um, the most famous people by one by one metric, yeah, uh, were Martin and Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they went to New York, they closed down Times Square by sticking their he- heads out the window of a hotel. That's all traffic stopped. That uh, they were much bigger than the Beatles or Sinatra. I mean, for a very short period of time. And I really thought that, that that era was over. I just thought in modern social media times, especially where you have to interact so much yeah, more. Yeah, because social media certainly doesn't whip people up into a frenzy about something. <laughs> you got a good point there. It kind of mellows everything out, doesn't it? Listen, as an anthropologist, no. I, <laughs> I meant that it just seemed like the monoculture was dying. Uh, we have so much access, therefore it's not as much of a frenzy thing to have. To mm-hmm. see someone kind of thing. I just thought we were done screaming at... My children's school, yeah. which, which you know, admittedly is an art school. Mm-hmm. There were many fewer children in school Friday when Taylor Swift came. Well, that just, that's just a testament to also the, teachers. the pocketbooks of their parents, too. Yeah, if we're saying we're, we don't pay teachers enough, if they can afford Taylor Swift tickets, yeah. <laughs> don't bring that up. Don't bring that up at the next, next possible strike, you know, whatever, next union meeting. Don't bring up how many people went to Taylor Swift. That yeah. is a pricey ticket. That's a pricey ticket. <laughs> and uh, me being uh, an, an indulgent asshole, rich yeah. parent, I asked my children they wanted to go. <laughs> okay. Nah. Are, aren't your friends going? Yeah, I was offered a ticket. Nah. Really? Uh, Zoltan said, not not really in my jam. I would have. Mark said, I like three songs. <laughs> yeah, I would have bet. Z was not a, no. a Taylor Swift fan. Zoltan's not a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Uh, Zoltan likes the um, weird, fringier, um, bothersome things, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, Mox is all 21 Pilots. Ah. A little bit of Imagine Dragons, but mostly 21 Pilots. Yeah. And that's what, um, that's what Mox's jam is. My friend uh, BJ, basically every band he's into, he's always like one of 40 people at their concerts. <laughs> Every single band he likes is very Well, you know, that happens. Um, that's a weird thing that happens. Um, with like Howard Stern, the people who are fans of theirs, 
yeah. were uh, evangelical about it. Yeah. They wanted others to be the fans. But I, you know, I worked with and was, and I'm friends with, and uh, were very big fans of the residents. Right. Uh, the residents are an avant-garde San Francisco experimental music group that it's anonymous. Right. At least they were anonymous until one of them made a deathbed confession. Fans do the opposite there. They try to keep their numbers down. Yes. Which is frustrating to those trying to make money from being the <laughs> residents. Uh, I have some very, very bothersome. I did some soul searching. Uh-oh. And what I found was really unpleasant. I'm going to talk about that. But I think it is impolite to not even acknowledge that our dear friend Hondro is here. Hello, Hondro. Hello. Hola. Hola, que pasa? Que pasa, mi amigo? So uh, I, I've just discovered all these traffic problems were not by me. <laughs> okay, now I understand. Okay, okay, okay. You thought everybody was excited about yes, Hondro. Yes. Now, Hondro arrived in from Ass Masterdam on Tuesday. Tuesday. And had no luggage. Oh, no. Uh, his luggage was kept by KLM. Is that right? Yes, my favorite company, KLM. <laughs> yes, I, and have you ever heard of this, Matt? They announced on the airline while, while they were still on the plane. By the way, you're not going to get your fucking luggage. Yes. And somebody said, is that Taylor Swift that wrote this script? <laughs> but what did they say? What did they did? They just said it all right, right? Yeah, they say that most of the luggage were not put on the plane before going out of the plane. So it was like, oh, what's going on? But it was on Tuesday. So on Saturday, I got my luggage. <laughs> Can you explain that you're a Spaniard so you can go a week without changing it? Yes, of course. I am i didn't notice the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but they treated you wonderfully once you were getting your luggage back, right? Yeah, during the whole week. <laughs> there was one day, I think it was Thursday, they said, we have your luggage. Tomorrow we give it to you. I didn't understand why if you have it today, <laughs> you give it tomorrow. But then on Friday, I said, you haven't not given my luggage. And I say, oh, uh, no, we haven't. <laughs> so they made us go to the airport at before five. We were there before five, but they were not there before five. There was no one, no one. So I, oh. there, I was running through the airport while you were with Mox in the, in the car waiting. Uh, Hondro understood. Uh, when he was going through his frustration, uh, why we have a Second Amendment in the United States? <laughs> you wanted a gun, didn't you, Andrew? Yes, yes. I if if you post my messages, I will go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were threats. Yes, yes, they were, they were. And the uh, and the name Rambo was brought up. Yes, the first blood. And yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's true. He was going to draw first blood with Kale. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But now they are my best friends for one reason. Because I've read that there's a compensation money mm -hmm. and I've bought clothes. Like these shoes. Do you like them? I <laughs> hope KLM pays for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I will tell you if they pay or not pay. Okay. Fingers crossed, Caleb, is your move. Do the right thing. <laughs> and then we went directly from the airport, yeah. having uh, obtained your luggage, yes. to uh, see Matt Donnelly oh. and Paul Mattingly do a bucket show. Yeah. 
You know, I'll tell you, Alejandro mentioned this last night, but when you get into the real downtown of Las Vegas, yeah, uh, all that stuff that Tony O'Shea wanted to do, yeah, that I thought was bullshit. You know, yeah, jive ass. I think he was right. There really is a city downtown Las Vegas. There really is. It, it, it is. It is definitely Tony Shea's vision and uh, and and really Herculean effort. Uh, money, a lot of shitload of money. Yeah, shitload of money lost. Yeah, you know. Uh, but but ultimate result is exactly what he wanted. Is yeah. There's uh, there's there's bars and restaurants and people hanging around. And it does not look at all like Vegas. No. You could not tell you were in Vegas. We went, because you're performing essentially in the back door <laughs> toilet of a, yeah, of a, yeah, of a yeah. theater. Where there used to be a toilet, yeah. The yeah. toilet's gone and they put a stage there. And uh, was it about 30 seats? 40? Uh, about 40 seats. 40 seats. Sold out, no big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. For, <laughs> uh, sold out. And uh, you have to go around the back. Yes. They said to us, don't go into the theater. Go through the bar and then go into the alley. Yeah. Then you go back there and you can go see your little bucket show. It's true. Yeah. But uh, it was really great because we showed up there and someone in the front said, Hondro, Moxie, Pen, it's in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, Andre? Yes, yes. Called all three of us by name <laughs> and told us to go in the back. And we were hungry. There's a little uh, Japanese-themed, Japanese street food. Yes. Next door. We went there. It was wonderful food. Yes. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of great food down there. Mm. A lot of good restaurants down there. It's a, it's a happening That are not uh, strip-priced. They're, they're, they're reasonably priced. It's a happening place. It's a yeah. happening, happening place. And then, uh, Hondra, why don't you give uh, your review? Because I've seen Mad Donnelly before. You'd never seen him in his imp- improvisational glory. I loved it. I, I didn't expect it because of the conditions, you know, of the place. <laughs> so, and, uh, and I Turns still- out, when, when you say, I don't know how many people are coming, and I don't even know what to pay you because we're getting paid with money thrown in a bucket, not a lot of deals come your way. You don't get a lot of negotiation. There's not a lot of leverage around town. Uh, so shout out to Troy Hurd and Majestic Rep for just going with the flow. Okay. And just saying, go for it. But I enjoyed it so much. Uh, it was hilarious. He's hilarious is the word. It's, I think. Hilarious. No. Hilarious, hilarious is not the word. Hilar- hilarious is the word. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious is not the word. I'm just trying to, hilarious. Trying to figure out how many R's to put on the poster. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Andro's review. It was very, very funny. I enjoyed it so much. They should be on the strip. That's what I think. Well, we, we thought that for a long time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the strip, in many ways, gave us a lot of answers all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy you got to see it. I, I enjoy working with Paul tremendously, and we really do have- He's really good. Yes. He's really good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had to explain afterwards to Hondra what linoleum was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not know the word linoleum. Yeah. No, I didn't know. I, I was curious about the English as a second language bit for our show. No, I got about uh, 70, 80%. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Plus, we talk fast. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. You, you, you speak very fast. I do. Yes. I you do. speak very bad, so much fast. I, I'll slow down next time. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> next time, I'm not going, you know? <laughs> oh, we actually talked afterward because Hondro was saying all these different games that he played in Spain, these improv games he played in Spain, that Paul and I want to do a show directed by Hondro. Mm-hmm. Now, what does it mean to direct an improv show? Well, you, you can set the lineups and the games and, and that kind of Would stuff. Would he be appearing? 
Well, I think he would just work with us either over Zoom to make sure we understand okay. the, the, the games or whatever. So he wouldn't be on stage yelling out his commands. and Oh, that would be fun, too. Paul and I are down for anything, actually, so <laughs> we would do, we would do that as well. Now, are you also are you allowed to talk about what you did in the pre-show? I think so. Uh, he did an audition for AGT. Yeah, so yeah. he wanted to do a magic trick. A magic trick that Piff helped you with a lot. Yes. Yeah. 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 By Piff, by saying Piff helped with a magic trick, it's like saying my wife helps me raise my kids. So. But yeah, we, we, we've been working on it, uh, turning one of my standard stage tricks into a more TV-friendly trick and, and really doing it for them. And so, yeah, I had to find people from the audience to play AGT judges and all that stuff and run it. Uh, and it was, uh, it, was, it was crazy. I was because you were there and Andra was there. <laughs> <laughs> and even Piff checked in with me. I said, yeah, Pen and Andra said it went pretty good. Uh, and he goes, you did it in front of Penn and Hondro? <laughs> I said, well, I, I guess, you know, if I'm going to do it, in, if I'm going to hopefully do it in front of America. Well, yeah, but I mean, I would say that Penn and Hondro are the lead baseball bat to Simon Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the warm up. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was very nerve wracking to get through it, but also, uh, Piff and I've working pretty hard on it, so I was very happy with a lot of the elements. Went nice and clean, yeah, nice and clean, nice, yeah, yeah. And, nice and clean. You're ready to go, and you'll be prepared for anything they throw at you. Yes, and I think <laughs> I'm glad I've done it in a nerve wracking environment so that it, I can be a little more. Yeah, because it's so calm on AGT. No, no, I'm saying <laughs> that uh, it was a practice energy for that. Like mm. it was so hard, it was really nerve wracking to, to the audience wasn't didn't know I was going to do it. And mm -hmm. so that was, I had to get past that barrier. You guys were there. Some people thought it was a bit that I was doing an AGT trick and not actually doing an AGT trick. I was doing some sketch or something. Yeah. It did not slow down for me. It was just a blur. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to have done that so I can get, hopefully get to slow down a little bit for me when I actually do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I've done, uh, I, I have, I've been Simon Cowell. Right. On Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah. I've been in that position. I'll tell you, and I've also been in front of the judges multiple times, but not competing. Right. We went on with the passing zone. We went on with Piff. Yes. And I think we went on with one other person yeah. and did did a, did a hunk. Yeah, yeah. So I've been out there, but not with the, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's the thing about those fucking reality shows is um, they are designed to make you worry. Right. And, um, it's very different to prepare for that show than it is to prepare to go on Fallon or Kimmel or something right. like that. Yeah, very different. Uh, but I'm talking about all reality shows. I oh mean, yeah. Yeah. When I went on celebrity apprentice and the cooking shows and all of that, I could not have cared less about winning. Yeah. You know, the important thing was to be on the show, have them say my name in Vegas. Right. Yeah. And of course, the longer you're on the show, the more weeks they do that. So there is, um, a financial and artistic incentive to stay on longer. Yes. So you want to stay on longer, but I don't consider myself to be a game player. Right. Uh, and yet it's embarrassing how invested I become. I think it's so hard. I think, I think it takes so much effort to not play the game, you know? So whether you're on Apprentice or AGT or whatever. You know, when you when you watched Apprentice, you saw that I believe one person yeah. understood the game better than me. Adam Carolla. Yeah. Because <laughs> Adam Carolla understood that all that matters is getting those moments people talk about. 
Right. So Adam Carolla really played a meta game. Maximizes. And did not give a fuck about winning in Donald Trump. He just cared about getting his personality across. Well, I think looking back on your apprentice days, I think one of the one of the harder things is that you actually are a good businessman. And so like I think you have an entrepreneurial spirit. I think you've you I think and so I think part Certainly of Certainly better than Trump. <laughs> right. Yeah. I no, have but more I mean, money than my father left me. Like if you took Trump out of the equation and if, if someone else if some other show I think you figuring out how to like get somewhere and sell stuff is something that's actually something that you're good at. Yeah, and also, but, but I mean, even when I was cooking. Yes. Okay, I'm st- I'm standing there with other people. Yeah. You know, Florence Henderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I loved, and you know, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. You know, and um, we've just cooked, and I've cooked uh, disco fries. Yeah. Right. Which in my salute to Jersey. Yeah. Because I would not cook poutine, whatever <laughs> it's called in Canada. I was cooking disco fries, right? Yeah. And there's these two or three judges. And I've been a judge on these shows, so I know what fucking bullshit being a judge is, right? Right. Um, and they're standing there and they're trying my food and they're about to announce who the winner is. And all the emotional stuff that matters yeah. was firing in my body. Right. It was really firing. Yeah. I was not able to be above it. I was not able to do it. No, no. And if you're watching any of those reality shows that I'm on, they capture it. I'm worried about winning. Right. I want to win. And something that I would have, two weeks before, had no ego invested whatsoever, now it feels like my life is relying on me. <laughs> I, and that's the thing, is like, as I gear up for this one shot- it, you know, I've done all the talking myself out of it like you tried mm-hmm. with uh, those games. And Piff was like, no. You just got to do it. You got to do it. You got you to play, play it full out and you have to really go for it. Uh, Part of you has to want to win the whole thing. Yeah, you do. You yeah. really do. Yeah. And it's, it's just really. We're going to talk to Hondro yes. about his experience on reality shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what, what they're like in Spain. But first, I want to do an advertisement. Okay. Okay. The entrepreneurial spirit you previously spoke. I did. Yeah. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to magic from Penn and Teller. Improve your magic skills from (laughs) Penn and Teller and learn magic from Penn and Teller. There's a slot for you filling three blanks there, yeah? Right. So I filled in three blanks. Okay. <laughs> With over 2,500 classes from a range of world-class instructors like- Dependent on Yeah. That, that thing you always want to do is closer than you think. It's really good. They have great classes yeah. for members. When you buy a membership, you get all the classes. Yeah. And it's really, it's cinematic quality. It's really easy to watch. And even if, and I, this is a weird way to put it, but if you don't care about what they're- what they're no, but like anytime there's like a good podcast and a, and a great guest that's kind of laying out their secrets or laying out the, yeah. the what goes into their stuff, you, it's so exciting, right? So and just, it's visually, yeah, so, visually so. Beautiful. So these instructors just lay out all their stuff, like all of it. Uh, yeah, and you can learn comedy from Steve Martin. Yeah. I've, I've How done to write it. from Neil Gaiman. What's that? I've done it. Have I've, you? I've done the comedy of Steve Martin two times, the and, masterclass, uh, and you loved it. Yeah. And you learned a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, Steve Martin is great. And you can learn directing. We were taking directing yes. course, right? I, I, I've done from James Cameron, for Aaron Sorkin, from Ron Howard, for many. I love the masterclass. That was Ron Howard for you listeners at home. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. 
In addition to the video lessons, you get uh, downloadable lesson recaps, supplementary materials. You can explore them in any order. Go on the phone, tablet, Apple TV, computer, blah, 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 everything. 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 And it's an immersive learning experience and really well shot. Didn't you notice that? Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, beautifully shot. They're really good. And once you get the membership, you get everybody. Yeah. Which is so, so good because you can just say on a whim. Also, my mother-in-law watches them all the time. Yeah. So you can tell by the way she's starting to be an astronaut. <laughs> um, I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class. And as a Penn Sunday School listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash pen. Now, that's masterclass.com slash Pen. For fifteen percent off masterclass, it's really, really good. I, uh, I real, I gotta, I gotta start watching more of them because when I was watching, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Crazy enjoyed it. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Now, what reality shows you've been on over in good old España? Well, I've been a judge in AGT Spain in the final. Oh, have you really? In, in the final, in the, in the final, mm -hmm. the last But episode. not just magic, in general? In general, yeah, yeah. It was general. So how did you handle not magic performers? How did you handle, what, what, what were the other disciplines, of, what were the other variety of, of artists that you saw in the final? No, in the final in Spain, you do nothing. You, you <laughs> no, no one votes. So in order to be a perfect Spaniard, yeah. you judge people doing nothing? Nothing, yeah. <laughs> because people vote from home, so you are there, but you don't, you don't have to say anything bad. Oh, you just yeah. comment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what were the acts that you got to see there in AGT? No, it, I'm sorry, EGT. <laughs> but I, I was. What, what is what is the name of it in Spain? Uh, you are not going to believe it. It's called God Talent. Just GT. <laughs> GT. Just GT. But it's done in English. It's called God Talent because you know Spanish people. We use the words we want. <laughs> so. <laughs> so It's That's on your flag, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we use the words we want. We want. Yes, yes. So, uh, and I, it was very strange because they only took me out on stage when there was a magic act. Uh -huh. And then when there was another act, they threw me out. <laughs> so, so, it was so strange. Oh, so you only did the magic? Yeah, yeah. Only to say, oh, how good. Now, and were you friends of yours at all? Yes. Uh, Who's on? Uh, Joaquin Matas, a very good friend of mine, was there. And there was also Jordi Caps and another one, Adrian something, that they were the three magicians there. So it was nice to see them perform there. And have you done? Have you ever done like a cooking show or any sort of? Yeah, other? Uh, I've done long time ago. I'd, well, I've gone to many quiz shows. You know, this yeah. I'm very bad at those shows. <laughs> I do it so bad, it's not a joke, I do it so bad that when I go, my my kids tell me, Dad, are you going to those programs, they ask you questions and you don't know the answer? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> That's the genre of television. Yes. Child. Yes, it was it was horrible. Last time I went to one of these shows, I did three shows, but I didn't know the rules. <laughs> so going to a quiz show without knowing. So the first one was a disaster. <laughs> the second one was a disaster. And the third one, I had already known how to play because I'm not stupid. After two programs, I learned something. <laughs> so I told them that the problem was not me, was the couch I was sitting. <laughs> so they changed me to the other couch and I started winning. <laughs> and I won everything. It was amazing. <laughs> now, uh, my wife, Emily, yeah. as you know, could not like anything more yeah. than games and puzzles and competitions. Oh, 100%. So she went through every possible rule book to find out what shows she could be on while being married to me. Ah. Because there are rules because I'm involved with the CW and stuff. Yes. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she found out these things and she found herself a partner, you know, one of these uh, magicians she hangs out with who do puzzles. Yes. I mean, there's an overlap between puzzles and magicians. Yeah. And when you overlap the puzzle and magician community, yeah. the magician that overlaps with puzzles is not going to please me. <laughs> because their view of what magic is supposed to be oh, yeah. is essentially tied in with puzzles. Yeah. And the one thing we don't like in magic is puzzles. Yeah. When someone comes on Fool Us and goes, this is kind of a puzzle for you, Teller and I just go, oh, fuck you. <laughs> and they, it's possible Whereas for some- Whereas you said, I strongly disagree with you. Right. That's much more jarring to a contestant. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say it to the contestant. We try to be kind. Yes. But- I will tell you, the first words that are spoken when Tell and I speak to each other are, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This fucking guy. This fucking guy with this little puzzle. Because if you've got a puzzle, you haven't fooled us. It's a puzzle. Yeah. And we know how to solve puzzles. Yeah. Don't do them. That's the way you solve them. I remember um, uh, one of the hardest I've I've ever laughed was a um, woman that I knew uh, from way back when she was in college and I was the same age. Uh, when video games uh, first started happening, they were mostly text, like the really old stuff. Yeah. We had like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She was playing this video game every night on her computer. This computer game, I guess you could call it. It wasn't really a video game. She played this computer game every night. And then... Uh, one of the tasks she had to accomplish, it said, you need to prove you're intelligent to this machine. And she said, I looked at that, thought about it, turned the game off, never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so one of these puzzly magicians. Yeah, yeah. Escape roomy magicians. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. She went to audition for these shows. Okay. okay? But- that's not really the point. She had been re rehearsing and practicing this game for weeks to go in for her audition. Yeah. So the other night, after we finished our working, uh, Hondro, uh, my, my family, were having a nice supper together. Yeah. And Hondro and my wife said she was going to L.A. to audition for this show, 25 words or less. And Hondro said, <laughs> I played that. Game yeah. just last week in Spain. And she said, how did you do? And Hondro said, like he said here, not well. I didn't know the rules. 
<laughs> so then one of the favorite conversations of my life. Yeah. Hondro and Emily tried to reach common ground on one person who's been studying for three weeks and practicing every day and reading every detail of the rules, which she was telling Hondro yeah. details of the rules that he didn't know. And he's done the show three times. <laughs> he sincerely did not know how the game was played. He'd yeah. been on the show. She was trying to get on the show. <laughs> and tried to get them to understand because Emily was asking questions like, did you know you were going on the show? Because I guess she was trying to say, well, maybe they kidnapped him. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a moment in the show that the host, you know, they, they give you a, a stick to press and who does it first mm -hmm. answers. Yeah. And he told me, are you going to press? <laughs> and I said, oh, I didn't know I had to press. And, and, <laughs> you didn't know you didn't press the button? <laughs> so I didn't know why they had given me that thing to my... To my <laughs> so it was, they were looking at me like, say, and I was asking, uh, how, how are we going? And he said, 75 zero. <laughs> oh, it was it was fun. People enjoyed it. I mean, not knowing that you have to buzz in to answer is next level, not knowing the rules. That's not the rules. That's a But I must say that when I did one right, the whole audience got crazy. <laughs> I started jumping and yelling and it was it was probably the best thing I've done in TV. <laughs> I uh I immediately go to how to cheat. Yeah. Right. And the way they played Pictionary, first of all, I'm gonna be on Pictionary. Yeah. So my my wife says our whole family's gonna play Pictionary every <laughs> night so the dad can learn how to play it. No one in the family wants to play Pictionary, <laughs> including me. No one wants dad to learn how to play it. Yeah, yeah. I try to explain, I'm there to make jokes. Yeah. That's why I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, there's another contestant who's with me, and they would very much like to earn money, yeah. but I am there to make jokes. That's why they brought me on. Yeah. You know, they could have gotten a better game player. They didn't choose a better game player. <laughs> they chose me. That's what they want. And of course, my wife's argument, which is correct, is but the better you play, isn't that better? Yeah, 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 sure. I'm just not going to bother. But I found a way to cheat at Pictionary that was I was so proud of. Yeah. I said, they give you a category, like Halloween candy. <laughs> then you draw something and your team guesses. They have as many guesses as they want. So I said to them, when they say the category... Soon as the buzzer hits, start yelling out every Halloween can you can think of <laughs> while I'm starting to draw. So my team, my team won three without the person doing the Pictionary having touched the pen to the picture. We had drawn nothing. And they had to actually take me aside and say, I mean, the whole idea is Pictionary. You got to draw something. I said, no, the whole idea is to guess what it is. <laughs> so you could draw, you know, they said scary things. So I stood there and they went, spider. And they went, eh, won it. <laughs> <laughs> and I would hear the category, you know, San Francisco. 
Yeah. And w- while my team booth, I go, I go, Golden Gate Bridge, uh, uh, Tech, uh, uh, the Bay, sit in the dock of the Bay. And I would just like that, just free associate. And the person would start drawing this elaborate thing and I'd get it. And they would have dri- drawn a circle. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's smart gameplay, right? I, I suppose so. Um, and I was winning like crazy. Yeah. You know, but I was playing against essentially Hondro. You know, <laughs> someone else who was on the show and hadn't bothered learning the rules yeah. and didn't care. Yeah, there are so many more celebrities not married to Emily Gillette. Yeah. You know, than are. Yeah. But I went I went to a to a cooking show. Mm-hmm. I had to do a recipe. Mm-hmm. I have never cooked. <laughs> but I invented the recipe. And when I went there, the producer said, But don't you need oil and i said oh yes of course of course <laughs> it, it's so obvious i didn't ask for it and the, the, he came and said uh, but this recipe works and i said to him i don't know <laughs> but have you ever done it i said no then why are you putting this together i say i i love all the ingredients i suppose they are good it was the best uh, recipe they've had there <laughs> It was amazing. What uh, was it? It was arroz, uh-huh. a rice with prawns, mm-hmm. and octopus. Uh-huh. And I put it all together and mixed it. Well, you know, it was it, you cannot fail with that. <laughs> and during, during the show, it's the show I have lied more times in less time in my whole life. <laughs> Every sentence I said, was not true. Same thing with me with cooking. Yeah. I I learned to cook three dishes with uh, Jet Tila. Yes. Who was a fabulous chef. And he said to me, you're going to learn to cook these three things. Now, what they do is they give you things you have to cook. You know, they say- All the challenges. Challenges. Yeah. And he said, what you have to do is find a way to make the challenges make sense. So he taught me how to cook this wonderful Vietnamese curry. Yeah. And the- the category was, the challenge was cook something <laughs> that growing up your family loved on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, my sister married a Vietnamese man. <laughs> <laughs> and so our Thanksgiving were always Vietnam themed food. And they would go, you didn't have turkey and stuffing. I said, no, no, no. We had this wonderful shrimp curry that I know how to cook with uh, coconuts. And and they went, in New England for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And I said, "Uh, yes. And they said, and your family is Vietnamese. I said, yeah, pretty much. And they looked at me waiting for me to like joke or something. And I went, no, no. And then, like, the other things I had were the same kind of things. You know, yeah. cook something you would eat while watching football. Okay, rice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did very well. But I wasn't going to learn more than three things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would time things. You know, you only have this much time. And I would text Jet Tila during it. And they'd say, you're eating up your time. I don't know what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> I'm literally just uh, an attache for Jet Tila. I'm just here to facilitate this the way Jet would do it. Now, um, now Gilbert Gottfried 
That's what, when he was talking about the cooking show, it reminded me a lot of Gilbert. Yeah. Well, he made peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and, which is really great, and he was not faking, he had trouble with it. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter jelly sandwich was hard for Gilbert. Oh, that's what I love, because you, you joke all the time that if there's a celebrity big enough who would just mess with the show that they're on instead of like completely like that. Well, I was, uh, when I was on Jeopardy, uh, who won when I was on Jeopardy, ready? Um, was it you? Yeah, I won. <laughs> um, when I was on Jeopardy, uh, I said, I don't know about this bullshit, right? And uh, Emily was back with the producer. Yeah. And she said, what do you do when someone swears on Jeopardy? Do you blip them or is it cut out or what do you do? They said, we don't know. No one's ever sworn on Jeopardy. <laughs> Are you allowed to go back on Celebrity Jeopardy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. Now when they do the Celebrity ones, there's a third round. Mm-hmm. They make them an hour long show. I don't know. But I also know that there's one thing I always do on game shows and uh, it's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. When you do it, it feels so wrong. You're standing behind a lectern yeah. on almost all these shows. You're on a, behind a lectern. Yeah. They don't tell you to stay behind it. <laughs> so I would walk around, you know, that open area yeah, yeah, yeah. between you and the host. Yeah. I'd walk over between there, like look at the board and walk back and talk. Yeah. And when he was like recapping, I'd walk over beside him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Making everybody very uncomfortable. <laughs> And when I was uh, doing uh, 25 words or less that you were on, on the two couches, Mm -hmm. I get up off the couch while they were doing stuff, just walked around, walk around the studio, wander around. You don't have to be there, you know. Yeah. (laughs) They can't hold you there against your will. That's false imprisonment. (laughs) (laughs) So you're invited back is what you're saying. Uh, No. I think I said, when is my next appearance? And they said, never. How about never? Does never work? <laughs> Let me check my calendar. You're not in it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the producer of that show is a friend of mine ah. and said I was yeah. very good and they were going to have me back, but they didn't. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. what you have to remember, this is a hard thing for liars to remember. Yeah. Other people lie too. <laughs> Isn't that hard for you to remember, Andrew? <laughs> It's nice to know. Yeah. When you're lying your ass off to somebody, you forget that they could be lying to you at the same yeah. time. Yes. That is actually really important. It's really true. Ah. You know that, that expression they had, you can't bullshit a bullshitter? Yeah. Nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> that is- it is so easy. I mean, to lie to Donald Trump? Yeah. Trivial. <laughs> trivial. He is so busy, wrapped up in his own bullshit, if you start lying... He is used to being the biggest liar in the room. Right. So when I was on Celebrity Apprentice, I'd lie my ass off to him. Yeah. He'd fall for everything. Yeah. Because, you know, he's stupid for one. <laughs> but if you're a stupid liar, yeah. lying to you is wicked easy. Yeah. Wicked, wicked easy. Yeah. And we're going to talk about my soul searching oh, and the right. horrors I came up with. Yeah. We're also going to talk about the drone incident. <laughs> We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk about that the next These show. Are two proper teases you're making, <laughs> yeah, right? Because that was Penn Sunday School. Wow. That was Penn Sunday School. Ay, ay, ay. Cha, cha, cha. You become naked. See, I would never have had the balls. 
to explain to my wife the way Hondro did what he does on shows. I have to try to pretend that. Does your wife try to get you to play the game right? Uh, yes, of course. They uh, want me to win. Yeah. Yeah. They both. They both hooked their horses to the wrong cart. They hooked their cart to the wrong horses. Oh, we love you. Get anybody to thank their... Uh, yes, their uh, all these following people and all these supporters at Patreon, they also are crowdfunding Thanksgiving in Vietnam. <laughs> Grayson Shore, Will Jason, Dave, I want to finger your cunt Brenner, Tristan Conant, Omar Rivera, Aaron Boyd, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Matthew Mishu, Luke Mellon, Eileen Hunter, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Average Seal, Matt Williams, Tim Boner Office McQueen, Soapy Fresh, Dan Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com, and Eric M. Ryan. Thank you.